0: So last week, then, we were discussing this section that was talking about the definition of the one who has to fast. And within that, there was the category regarding the one who becomes unconscious. There was the category about the children before the age of puberty. There was a few sections we covered so far. Today, then, it's at the section talking about ability. The one who has the ability to fast and the one who does not have the ability to fast. Al-Faslul Sadis. Annahu la yajibu sawm illa al-Qadir. That fasting is not obligatory except upon the one who is capable. ta'ala, As Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, Fear Allah to the best of your ability. لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا That Allah does not burden a soul greater than it can bear. Allah does not place upon you a burden greater than the soul can bear. So this was in that original definition about the Qadir, the one who is Able to fast. فَإِنْ كَانَ عَاجِزًا عَنْهُ فِي وَقْتِهِ قَادِرًا عَلَيْهِ بَعْدَ خُرُوجِ الْوَقْتِ So pay attention to these definitions now. Shaykh al-Islam says, If a person was incapable... ...at the actual time, i.e. in the month of Ramadan, ...if a person was incapable at the actual time, ...but became capable afterwards. For example, what type of a person would not be capable at the actual time... But then become capable afterwards Somebody who is ill We mentioned the sickness is two types One is where you do not expect that person to ever recover So that person just feeds a poor person But the other type was when you expect the person to eventually recover So that type of person may be ill during the month of Ramadan, so he's incapable at the actual time of fasting. But then later, a month, two months after Eid, he recovers and now becomes capable of fasting. Similarly, and we'll try and do this in more detail in a later lesson, but the woman who is pregnant, the woman who is pregnant, then she may not be capable of fasting. A woman who is pregnant during Ramadan may not be capable of fasting. But then after she gives birth, she becomes capable of fasting. And there are many details to that. We'll do that later on insha'Allah. So in those kinds of situations where somebody is not capable at the time but later on after the time has gone is capable or becomes capable again then in their scenario the ruling is they are allowed to initially miss the fasting but then when they become capable they have to Make them up. So a person who is ill during Ramadan or a few days of Ramadan after Eid is well again, he's capable again, he's got to make up those days. A woman who is pregnant during Ramadan and is incapable of fasting, once she gives birth, she has to then make up the days so far that's what we're saying, and then there'll be more discussion about that later, insha'Allah. The second type of scenario Inkana fil Filwaqt wa A person is incapable at the time and remains incapable after the time. Incapable in Ramadan Remains incapable after Ramadan No capability ever What type of example fits into that? Somebody who has an illness Whereby recovery is not expected The one who has to fast Then they don't have to fast anyway. But the one who has to fast. But who? Who are those? Have we done the ill? Huh? But why are they not capable? Why? Maybe they are ill. We've done that one already. Maybe they are just too old, maybe they're not capable, because they are too old, and that's in a hadith too, it's mentioned in a hadith, that you have the ease, or the license, or the permission, for the elderly person, who is incapable of fasting, at the time of Ramadan, and that would indicate, if an elderly person is qadir, Incapable during Ramadan They aren't going to become Capable after Ramadan They're only going to become even Older As the months go by And the time goes by They are becoming even older So somebody old in age وَهُوَ ajuz الْكَبِيرُ وَالْعَجُوزِ الْكَبِيرَةِ فَإِنَّهُمَا So they are incapable elderly people or a person with an illness whereby no recovery is expected. So they are allowed to miss fasting. And the ruling for them is after Ramadan they have to or in fact not after Ramadan but the ruling for them is they have to feed a poor person for every day that they miss. This next section as we're reading along Is something we won't have come across before It is a section that is missing from the book I don't mean from my print I mean from the original book of ul Islam Ibn Taymiyyah There's a section here which is Not known There's a missing section in the manuscript and that's a type of thing you will come across in the books of the older scholars from centuries ago, where in their books, in the middle of it, there's a section missing. That is obviously something which does not occur in the books of the modern day scholars that have been printed now, they're on CDs, everything's available. But these old books of Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah from centuries ago, where did they get them from? How do we have these books? They're not physical copies that were passed down. Manuscripts. They were manuscripts that were passed down. And maybe in those manuscripts, there was a couple of pages missing. Maybe in those manuscripts, there was half a page burnt or uh, uh, illegible. You couldn't read it. It was all the ink or whatever. So here the Sheikh says, actually, uh, there's a section now which is missing. The beginning of the sentence is "Wa If a person has عطاش, Which is uh, an inability to quench your thirst An inability to quench your thirst No matter even if you drink "Oh شَبَق Severe desire But that's it what al Islam said after that is not available in the manuscript. It's not here. But then after that, it carries on. Wa athaq min and this we talked about, and it was the homework. If somebody falls unconscious, but then regains consciousness in the middle of the day, then what is the ruling on that person's fast? anybody huh? so there is a difference between the scholars some of them they say as long as he made the intention he had the intention from prior to fajr to fast that day and he was conscious for a part of the day at least even if he fell unconscious for other parts of the day then his day will count But if he was unconscious the whole day Then that day won't count So if a person fell unconscious for some time during the day But he was conscious for rest of the day The other parts of the day Then his fast would be okay according to some of the scholars Then فَإِن صَارَ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْوُجُوبِ فِي أَثْنَاءِ النَّهَارِ Now there's a new section here. There, up to that section, we've been talking about some of the conditions required for a person to fast. That he must be Muslim, he must have his intellect, he must be able, he must be of the age of puberty. We've been discussing all of those topics for the one who fasts. Now, Shaykh al-Islam says, what if... There is a person who did not have those conditions we were talking about, Muslim, Aqil, etc. But in the middle of the day, he suddenly finds that all of those conditions are applicable upon him now. In the middle of the day, those conditions become applicable upon him. So what were the conditions? What were the types of things we were talking about? Muslim. Baligh is a Muslim. He's at the age of puberty. He's Aqil, has his senses. Qadir is able. These were the types of things. Imagine somebody is of the age of puberty. They have their senses. They have ability. But they're not Muslim. So that person... He's not applicable to him. His fasting won't be accepted. But then, in the middle of the day, he accepts Islam, a person who becomes Muslim in the middle of the day in Ramadan. What happens to the rest of that day for him? Okay. So So either a person Becomes a Muslim in the middle of the day And so the one condition that he was missing Which was to be a Muslim He's got it now And he's got all the other conditions So everything is now applicable to him Or, somebody who is Muslim, he has ability, he's of the age of puberty, but he didn't have his senses. He was mentally incapacitated, but in the middle of the day, he suddenly recovers. Maybe for years he's been mentally incapacitated. In the middle of the day, that day in Ramadan, something, drugs, whatever they've been doing, he recovers by the will of Allah. His senses regained so now everything is applicable to him all of a sudden or صبي, a child hits the age of puberty one day in Ramadan so that morning he woke up it wasn't applicable to him yet middle of the day he reaches puberty so now the conditions are applicable upon him too so Ibn Taymiyyah says, all of these people, what's one thing in common? They've all now become under the laws of those conditions in the middle of the day. Which means prior to Fajr, that morning, none of them had made any intention to be fasting because the conditions were not applicable at the time. All of these. فَفِيهِ ذَكَرَهُمَا أَبُو بَكَرُ وَغَيْرْهُمَا So in this situation now there are two possible positions to take For a person upon whom all the conditions fit in the middle of the day suddenly At the beginning of the day they didn't fit yet something was missing in the middle of the day, everything falls together. It now becomes applicable. What's the situation with that person now? There are two positions. إِحْدَاهُمَا أَنَّهُ يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ أَنْ يُمْسِكَ بَقِيَّةَ يَوْمِهِ وَيَقْضِيهِ كَانَ قَدْ The first position of some of the scholars is that such a person... Now that all the conditions are applicable, must Fast for the rest of the day But he will still afterwards have to Make up that day Because for the obligatory fasting You must have your intention from before Fajr And obviously these people didn't They only became applicable for fasting in the middle of the day So For the rest of the day now that they are applicable They must fast But afterwards They have to make up that day too What if though One of these people who became Applicable to fast in the middle of the day Hadn't eaten or drunk or anything All that day up to that point anyway Imagine a kafir He's got all the other conditions But he hasn't got Islam that day, it just so happens he hadn't eaten, hadn't drunk, hadn't done any of those things up until when he became Muslim midday. So now he's going to fast for the rest of the day according to this first position. But does he have to make it up because he didn't eat, drink, do any of the things that break your fast all morning anyway? hmm So, according to this first position, he still has to make it up. Because that early part of the day, it's not going to be classed as ibadah. He was missing one of those conditions for it to be this ibadah. So, he would still have to make up that day, but fast for the rest of the day. The second opinion of some of the scholars is, if somebody becomes applicable to fast in the middle of a given day, for that day, it's not obligatory upon him to fast for the rest of the day, nor is it obligatory upon him to have to make it up. He was not applicable for fasting at the beginning section of the day, he only became applicable in the middle, so why have to make up all of that day? So some scholars say, it's not upon him that day. He only became applicable, valid for those conditions in the middle of the day. So that day doesn't count. He doesn't have to make it up afterwards. He doesn't even have to fast for the rest of that day. From the next day, everything becomes applicable. The first full day starting. There is also a narration mentioned from Ahmad ibn Hanbal that if a Jew or a Christian become Muslim or if a child gets to the age of puberty, qala fi riwayat Hanbal fi al فِي إِذَا وَالصَّبِي يَحْتَلِمْ يَسُومَانِ مَا بَقِيَ وَلَا يَقْضِيَانِ مَا مَضَى إِنَّمَا وَجَبَتْ الْإِحْكَامِ بَعْدَ الْإِسْلَامِ In this version as well it mentions that if they become applicable to fast in the middle of the day then they're gonna fast now for the rest of the day. They are Muslim, all the conditions are there, they got to fast. But they don't have to make up that day afterwards because before those conditions became applicable to them, the early part of the day, nothing was applicable to them in terms of fasting yet. So they don't have to make up that day just to fast the rest of the day, though. When you become Muslim, it Wipes out all that which came before it So all of that day up until that point If that kafir was upon his kufir yet All of that is wiped out at the point he becomes Muslim And he starts fresh from that point So then it wouldn't be correct to say he's got to make up something From a time when he was still a kafir that first part of the day فلا يجب عليه أداء ولا قضاء. In those uh, situations, in that opinion, one of them, they don't have to fast the rest of that day, nor do they have to make it up. So two two main opinions there. وإجاب بعض يوم لا يصح لأن أقل الصوم الصحيح يوم ولأن من جاز له الأكل أول النهار ظاهرا وباطنا جاز له الأكل آخره. This is the other issue now we briefly touched upon last time as well. If somebody is not applicable for fasting for a certain portion of the day, but then becomes applicable to fast for the other portion of the day, then there were two opinions. Like somebody who's traveling and they get back home at Dhuhr time. So in the morning they were traveling, they had a reason. Not applicable for them to fast, they can miss. But when they get home, now all of a sudden there is no reason left. It's applicable upon them to fast. So do they have to for the rest of the day or not? That is a difference between the scholars. Some of them say, fasting is an entity which is one day at a time. Starts from fajr, ends at maghrib. So if you were allowed not to fast for a section of that day, then it is not obligatory upon you to have to fast the other half of it. Because there is no meaning to fasting half of a day. The day of fasting is the day, and is from Fajr to Maghrib. That's why they say if a woman becomes pure from her period in the middle of the day, then she doesn't have to make up that day afterwards. Because it was not upon her to have to fast in the beginning of the day, she had the excuse, in the middle of the day now, she became pure, she doesn't have to make up that day now, according to some scholars. Because they say, if a part of the day was not applicable to you, then the whole of the day is not applicable to you. It's one entity from the beginning to the end, Fajr al Maghrib. You can't say half of it is applicable, half of it is not. There is no such thing as half a day of fasting. So that is just some of the opinions on that topic. Ibn Taymiyyah mentions there is no difference whether somebody had eaten in that earlier part of the day or not. So, for example, if a kafir became Muslim and he hadn't eaten or drunk in the morning anyway, it makes no difference to the rulings that we've mentioned. Then after that, فَأَمَّا مَنْ يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ الْقَضَاءِ now then, the types of people whom it is obligatory upon them to make up missed days. فَأَمَّا مَنْ يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ الْقَضَاءِ إِذَا زَالَ عِذْرُهُ فِي أَثْنَاءِ الْيَوْمِ If the excuse or the reason to not fast ends in the middle of the day, مثل تظهر, for example, if a woman on her period became pure her period finished in the middle of the day or a traveler who hadn't been fasting arrives back home in the middle of the day he's not a traveler anymore now reason for not fasting is gone a person who was ill temporary illness Suddenly gets better in the middle of the day So imagine somebody had some severe fever And they missed a week in Ramadan On the seventh day that they are missing Feeling bad in the morning still They missed that day too But around about Dhuhr time in that day Suddenly they are feeling a lot better They are recovered They are all good So now They don't have the reason of Illness anymore It's gone They've recovered in the middle of the day. They're feeling a lot better now in that afternoon. Energy back, everything good. So, that's another type of person where your reason to not fast has gone in the middle of the day. A woman whose period finishes in the middle of the day. A traveler whose traveling finishes in the middle of the day. Back home now. Or a, a person who's ill and his illness finishes. He recovers in the middle of the day then in one opinion as we've said, it is obligatory upon them to make up that day. فَإِنَّ الْقَضَاءِ وَيَنْبَغِي لَهُمَ أيضًا Ibn Taymiyah says, in those circumstances they have to fast for the rest of the day and they have to make up that day he says riwaya wahida you got to do that Wafi fi riwayat al-afram mansur idha qadima min safari, hi fi ba nahar wa huwa mufdir fa an yatawaqqal akal fi al-hadar wa kadhalik al-ha'id la ta'kul nahar wa idha qadima min safari hi wa mar'atuhu qad tahurat fala uhib fala uhib lahu an yaghashaha Similarly, if a person comes back from his traveling in the middle of the day, then he should not eat for the rest of the day, he should fast for the rest of the day. And a woman whose period finishes in the middle of the day, then she should fast for the rest of the day. Um, This, like we said though, there is a difference on it. Some of the scholars, they say, in that circumstance, you've missed the beginning of the day, you've missed your intention... Even if you fast for the rest of the day, it's not gonna count as that day, so there's no obligation upon you to fast for the rest of the day. That is an opinion. Wafi wuju bihi riwayatan kala ibn abi musa ida kadim al musafiru muftheran, ahbabna lahu an yumsika anil akal wa shurba kia ta Fa inakala o jammaa man kad tahorat min haildiha asaa. وَلَا عَلَيْهِ وَلَا يَلْزَمُهُ سِوَى الْقَضَاءِ Some of them said if a person went against that and didn't fast for the rest of the day and they ate or they engaged in intercourse that there would be no expiation upon them uh, but all they would have to do is make up that day. So it's as though it's a more lenient approach to that situation these are all different opinions the other opinion mentioned here if a woman finishes her period in the middle of the day then she is allowed to eat for the rest of the day basically two main opinions there as we said either if you become applicable in the middle of the day you have to fast the rest of the day and still make it up Or you don't have to fast the rest of the day and you don't have to make it up. Or you have to make it up but not necessarily fast the rest of the day. You get those variations on the opinions based upon or on the issue of somebody becoming applicable in the middle of the day. After that, فَأَمَّا إِذَا... Now the opposite way around. إِذَا وُجِدَ سَبَبُ الْفِطَرُ فِي النَّهَارِ The other way around now. In the morning before Fajr, everything is applicable upon you to fast. All the conditions are there. In the middle of the day, one of the conditions drops. So for example, in the middle of the day, at 2 p.m., you're gonna go out, start your journey. You're gonna go to the airport and take a flight, 2 p.m. So now, all of a sudden, you have become a traveler in the middle of the day. Were you a traveler at fajr at suhoor time? You were at home. All the conditions were there for you to fast, But then at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, you head off to the airport and your flight takes off. You become a traveler in the middle of the day. So this is the other way around now. All the conditions are there at the start of the day. But then something or another drops in the middle of the day. So now what's the situation here? He says, for example, a woman whose period begins in the middle of the day. At the beginning of the day, no problem, but in the middle of the day, her period begins now. So then, obviously, she is definitely now not fasting for the rest of the day, not capable of the fasting. So she can now obviously eat and drink, and she cannot fast. For the rest of that day and for the days that follow. There is an opinion and some statements of some scholars. And this is the way the book is. The explanation of Sheikh Al-Islam is going to mention all these different opinions. And what the scholars said and it's all going to be here. He says some of them did say, just for knowing what the opinions were. That if a woman becomes upon her period in the middle of the day So she's been fasting so far But then in the middle of the day the period began She should refrain from eating and drinking or anything for the rest of the day She should carry on as though she's fasting for the rest of the day Even though of course with the period she's not fasting But she should continue as though she is fasting and then she should make up that day afterwards. An opinion. Similarly, if a traveler arrives at a particular land and he is not fasting because he was a traveler, then in that case for the rest of the day he should fast. قال القاضي لان اليوم قد اجتمع فيه ما يوجب الامساك وهو اوله وما يوجب الاكل وهو الحيض فغلب الامساك كما لو حاضت اوله او قدم المسافر in the case of a woman her period starting in the middle of the day now you have two situations for that day a section of the day where all of the rules were applicable for her to fast, and then a section of the day where it's no longer applicable for her to fast. So what should we do now? They say we give precedence to the section of the day where it was applicable for her to fast, and so the rest of the day she should refrain from eating or drinking. An opinion that is mentioned by some scholars, The majority of course in that situation say for the rest of the day she can now eat and drink. She's no longer fasting. Similarly, another reason that might pop up in the middle of the day. Somebody is good in the morning, but in the middle of the day they become severely ill. So they started fasting for the day in the morning, but in the middle of the day they became severely ill and can no longer carry on. فَإِنَّ أَن So that person can then open his fast. فَإِنَّ الْمَرِيضُ رُخِّصَ لَهُ فِي الْفِطَرِ لِأَجْلِ أَلَّتِي Because the person who is ill has the permission of not fasting due to the difficulty of the illness upon him. لَا فَرْقَ فِيهِ بَيْنَ أَوَّلِ النَّهَارِ وَكَذَلِكَ لَوْ And there is no difference in that scenario whether he becomes ill at the beginning of the day or the end of the day. If he becomes ill then he is allowed to open his fast from that point onwards. The same as if a person comes and starts praying, standing up, normal. In the middle of the prayer, something happens, some severe issue occurs to him, some pain, some muscle problem, whatever it is, and he can't stand anymore. So in the middle of the prayer, he's going to have to now sit down. Same with the person starts fasting in the morning, he's okay, but then something severe happens in the middle of the day in terms of illness. He's not going to have to do the equivalent of sitting down in this case, which is actually that he can just open his fast then due to that illness. لكن هَلْ يَجُوزُ لَهُ الْجِمَاعِ وَتَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ الْكَفَّارَةِ عَلَى الْرِوَايَتَيْنِ فِي الْمُسَافِرِ This is about the traveler. A traveler, if he comes back now half of the day, half of the day in the morning he was traveling, he's got back home now at Dhuhr time. So according to that opinion, he doesn't have to fast for the rest of the day. According to one, he does have to fast for the rest of the day. Is that person allowed to engage in intercourse that day when he arrives back? And is there expiation upon him? Or is it a case of being permissible but still expiation upon him? That again, the Sheikh says, Sheikh Al-Islam, that there are some opinions about it. Then we'll move on to the next section here now. Masala. Wajibu be a hadi thalafati ashia. Kamali shaban, waru yati hilali Ramadan. Wajud gaymin au katarin layla thalafin yahulu dunahu. That initial section so far was about the various conditions and who has to fast and who doesn't have to fast. Now this second chapter is talking about the month of Ramadan itself and how or when does it begin. How do we know or what determines the beginning of Ramadan? He says one of three situations will determine the beginning of Ramadan. One of... Three situations will determine the beginning of Ramadan. So what are those three situations that can decide the beginning of Ramadan? Obvious situation number one is seeing the new moon. That's obvious. Seeing the new moon, whether it's on the 29th of Sha'ban or on the 30th, On the 30th it doesn't make a big difference But seeing the new moon is one obvious method Of determining the beginning of Ramadan Another method Is actually the opposite Not seeing the new moon Because imagine now Right now we are in the month of Sha'ban Islamically, a month can only ever be either 29 or 30 days because the months are lunar months. So this month of Sha'ban is either going to be 29 days or 30 days. So on the 29th of Sha'ban, that evening, Muslims across the world are going to go out searching for the new moon on the 29th of this month because there's a possibility this month may only end up as 29 days, so on the 29th you gotta go look, is the new moon out already, if it is, that's it, Sha'aban has ended on 29 so on the 29th the sighting for the new moon the efforts to sight the new moon begin if the moon is sighted on the 29th they go out and they look and it's sighted In that case, done. The next day is Ramadan. They go out on the, that's the first scenario. The second situation, they go out on the 29th looking for the new moon. It's an absolutely clear night. Clear night, you can see everything in the sky. All the stars, everything clear as can be. They go out and they search and they search and they search. But they find no new moon. So now they know definitely next day is still carrying on as the 30th of Sha'ban. They've gone clear night. No moon to be sighted anywhere. It's definitely not there. So the next day is definitely still 30th of Sha'ban. Those two scenarios, no issue. You go out on the 29th and you spot the moon, that's it, Ramadan next day. You go out on the 29th, clear as can be, and you definitely don't see any moon anywhere. It's not there. So the next day, 30th of Sha'ban, for definite. Third situation. What is the third situation? Is there a third situation? Third situation is you go out on the 29th of Sha'ban to sight the new moon, but it's not a clear night. It's cloudy, it's foggy, it's misty, and you can't see a thing in the sky. So you can't spot the new moon because of all of the cloud cover and the obstacles in your way from seeing it. Therefore, you don't know if the new moon was out there or not. Because of all of the obstacles, the clouds and the rain and the fog, you can't tell if the new moon was out there or not. So now the next day is known as the day of doubt. That next day is known as the day of doubt in this third scenario. In the first scenario, they went out on the 29th and they saw the moon. Is the next day the day of doubt? Absolutely not. It's the first of Ramadan. You've seen the moon. In the second scenario, absolutely crystal clear, no moon anywhere. Is the next day the day of doubt? No. You're sure there was no moon? Clear. In this scenario though, Because of the cloud cover and everything. You come back not having spotted the new moon. You couldn't. So you don't actually know now. Was the moon out there behind those clouds and things? Or was it not there anyway? You don't know. So the next day is known as the day of doubt. The day of doubt. In the hadith it mentions. Well what is the ruling on that next day? What do you do then? Complete Sha'ban has 30 days. What if the moon was there though? You couldn't see, but what if it was there? And what if it really is Ramadan the next day? Uh-huh. All ah, true, true. So that next day, are you supposed to fast or not? Many of the scholars, there is an opinion you do, but many of the scholars they say you don't fast on that day. And the evidence? <laughs> the hadith of Ammar ibn Yasir Man sama al yawma al ladhi faqad asa Qasim. Whomsoever fasts on the day of doubt Has disobeyed the Prophet So you're not supposed to fast On that day of doubt What do you do? فَإِنْ غُمَّ عَلَيْكُمْ الْعِدَّةَ <ثلاثين> Bukhari, Muslim In one narration فَأَكْمِلُ عِدَّةَ شَعْبَان ثَلَاثِينَ Clear If that situation happens Then leave the next day Upon it being the 30th of Sha'ban. Don't say, well, maybe the moon was out there. Let's just be on the safe side and call it the first of Ramadan tomorrow. You can't. You haven't seen the moon. Sumu <inaudible> لِرُؤْيَتِهِ Fast. When you see the new moon, you haven't seen it. Doesn't matter it was clouds or whatever bottom line is. You have not seen the new moon. So you cannot fast that next day You leave that day as per the narrations As the 30th of Sha'ban Leave that and complete the days of Sha'ban as 30 Because the general rule as well is Generally in other aspects You have something which is the origin And then you have something which is new In a situation when you cannot prove the new thing, then you're supposed to remain upon the original thing. So in this case, right now it's the 29th of Sha'ban. You can't see the new moon because of clouds or whatever, so you cannot prove that it's the first of Ramadan tomorrow. Therefore, you leave it upon the original, which is still Sha'ban. So tomorrow is going to be the 30th of Sha'ban. And then the day after that, you're going to fast. So he mentions those three scenarios here. Scenario one is clear, you see the new moon, done. Scenario two, clear night, and you know for sure there's no new moon out there. That's definite as well. Then the next day is 30th of Sha'ban. The only scenario where there's an issue is when it's covered up and you can't see. Then in that case, you leave the next day as the 30th of Sha'ban. Leave it as the 30th of Sha'ban. Some scenarios may arise from that though. Let's say the new moon was actually out there that night behind the clouds. But according to the Sunnah, implementing the Sunnah, we are going to leave that next day as 30th of Sha'ban. When it's actually physically in reality... The first of Ramadan. Our first of Ramadan is actually in reality going to be second of Ramadan. We're always going to be one day behind in reality. So when it gets to the end of the month, if the new moon for Shawwal is sighted on the 29th of Ramadan, or 28th, If it is sighted on the 29th of Ramadan, in reality that is, which means the new moon could be sighted on the 28th of your Ramadan. On the 28th of your Ramadan as it's going along, all of a sudden the new moon comes out. Because we've always been One day behind. And we didn't know. We implemented the sunnah. Done nothing wrong. Absolutely as the sunnah says. But on the 28th, maybe the new moon comes out. Then we'll realize that on that day of fog and cloud, the moon must have been out because the month cannot be less than 29 days. The fact that it's ended up as 28 means it must have been out on that night. So what are you going to do now? You've done 28 days of fasting. The moon is out for Eid. 28, that's it? Alhamdulillah. Just 28 this year. I think it did. Uh, you're right. So what do you do? Sorry? Complete 29, When? That is what the scholars say then, you can't have a month of 28 days A month has to be minimum 29, maximum 30 28 isn't an option, it doesn't occur So next day, you can't say Well in that case, we gotta fast one more day yet, we're gonna have to do Eid in two days time The new moon for Eid is there, you gotta do Eid Haram to fast on Eid day as the narrations mention. mentioned But you've only done 28 days of fasting, which means after Eid, you're all going to have to make up one day to make it 29 days. You're going to make up one day to make it 29 days. Similar situation to these kinds of fatawa. Imagine now you start in the UK and then in the middle of the month you travel to another country who started a day Earlier than us We started On a Monday They started on a Sunday One day before us So on the 28th day For me For us On our 28th day That's their 29th day And they've done The sighting It's Eid How are you going to do now? Same thing You're going to do Eid with them And then afterwards You'll make up one day Do Eid with them and afterwards make up one day What about the opposite way We started on Monday That other country started on Tuesday At the end of Ramadan At some stage Near the end Whenever you go to that other country And you're going to do Eid there But they are one day behind us After your 30th day It's there 29th They don't spot the moon So they're going to fast their next day, their 30th day. That's going to be your 31st day, which is impossible. You cannot make Ramadan 31 days. So now what do you do? Break your fast, go celebrate by yourself. Break your fast and do what? They're fasting, 30th day of Ramadan. Don't eat in public, keep it quiet Some scholars do mention that You can't fast that day Because for you it is now Eid day You've done 30 days and you've done it correctly Because in your area the moon sighting everything You started a day earlier That is possible Moon sightings being different in different parts of the world is possible There's no issue with that east side of the world west side of the world one country on this side started a day later than one on the other side that's possible that isn't a major issue when they start two or three days that's uh, another topic but one day here or there is possible so now you can't fast that next day because you've done 30 days of ramadan and you can't fast on eid day so some scholars they say yes you have to open your fast that day you can't eat but don't do it publicly in your home quietly, you're not fasting that day. You're not fasting that day. Because it's Eid day for you. But you're not going to go out publicly and eat because that country is doing 30th day of Ramadan yet. So you open your fast, you eat. But you don't make that public to the country that is still fasting their 30th day yet. So the point is you cannot fast 28 and you cannot fast 31. So that is the topic here. Eid, prayer, they do mention if you were by yourself like that, you would just pray with them the next day. You have done your Eid in terms of you're not fasting on that day, but you would pray with the people the following day. Because Eid, prayer, according to the opinion, the correct opinion, is a non obligatory prayer so it's not like you can say you're praying an obligatory prayer out of its time or anything like that it is a a, a sunnah prayer according to the strongest opinion sunnah mu'akkada whatever you want to say so it's not a major issue like that the scholars would say you can participate with the people the next day but that you would not be fasting the day before you would be upon your Eid day the day before We'll have to round off on that. It's a bit late. Uh, We'll start with this next section, which is going to still be about the moon sighting and also calculations. Can you use calculations? Imagine now in that third scenario, it's cloudy and everything. We don't see the moon, so we're going to make the next day the 30th of Sha'ban. But one of our brothers comes along and says, but I googled it. And on Google it said, the new moon is out tonight. So now what are you going to do? Wait. The new moon, they have satellites. $2 billion satellites in the sky telling you the moon is there. If you haven't seen it, you haven't seen it. Forget the satellite. It's not from the sunnah to use the calculations. So if they come and tell you, but look, the NASA website and the, this satellite website and that satellite weather website, all of them are saying the moon is out tonight. You cannot go off that. Ibadah is not based upon a satellite in space. Allah didn't make our religion like that. That you're going to have to rely upon a satellite in space to tell you when to do your worship. That's not how the religion is. Fast when you see it And end Ramadan when you see it again Simple as that Calculations and satellites and all that Is not given consideration in determining your worship A satellite isn't going to tell you Muslims start fasting Ramadan now Satellite isn't going to be the witness We're going to come to those sections about witnessing the moon The witnessing of the moon has to be done by a reliable Muslim, one. One reliable Muslim cites the new moon. Not a satellite or uh, whatever they use. uh, Citing a testimony from one trustworthy Muslim. And the evidence... You wouldn't get any marks on the exam for that. <laughs> the evidence for the moon sighting. Go on. <laughs> so there is a hadith of Ibn Abbas where it mentions, Ja'a Arabiyun ila Nabi Sallam. A Bedouin came to the prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And told him Inni ra'aytu al-hilal That I've seen the new moon For Ramadan I've spotted the new moon So the Prophet Sallallahu He didn't know who this A'rabi was Who this Bedouin was Came from outside of Medina So the Prophet Sallallahu Said to him first thing Atashhadu an la ilaha illallah Qala na'am Qala tashhadu anna muhammad rasulullah Qala na'am the Prophet said to him, Do you testify to the Shahadatayn? He said, Yes. So this Bedouin was a Muslim. When the Prophet established that, he then said to Bilal, fin ya Bilal an Go and make the announcement, Bilal, that everybody starts fasting tomorrow in that case. That is one hadith. How many Bedouins came to the Prophet ﷺ, to tell him they sighted the moon? One trustworthy Muslim. There is also the narration of, One of the Sahaba. Mm. Anybody else? You've been revising your booklet from last year? not anymore you need to get your booklets out and revise them every week the homework this week is to find out who that other narration was we did it in the booklet last year about the other companion who saw the new moon and he came and said to the Prophet that he saw the new moon he said al-nas al Hilal فَأَخْبَرْتُ النَّبِيَّ أَنِّي فَصَامَ وَأَمَرَ النَّاسَ بِصِيَامِهِ He said the people were looking for the new moon and I saw it, so I came and told the Prophet I seen it. So the Prophet Sallam fasted and told the people to fast. But who was the companion who said that? That's your homework for next week. So we'll round off on that for tonight then. Carry on next week inshallah ta'ala at 8 p.m. Uh, I mean, uh, next week, uh, what time is the Maghrib going to be now? It's going to be late, I think. Half past eight. So we can start, if you wish, at 8 p.m. Do half an hour up to Maghrib, pray, and then we can finish by quarter past nine. If you start after Maghrib, it's going to be 8.45, 8.50 by the time you start. Calculate, we need to do a calculation now. So uh, uh, you can, uh, if we start at 8, we can break for the prayer in between, no problem. And then carry on after the prayer for another half an hour, finish by 9, quarter past 9. Otherwise, if you start after Maghrib, you're finishing at 10 o'clock earliest. I think we should start at 8 p.m. Start at eight PM sharp next week. We'll do half an hour, break off for the prayer, and then carry on, do another half an hour or so after the prayer. So make sure, let everybody know, eight PM, don't come strolling in at half past eight for Maghrib. Eight PM arrive, we'll begin, we'll do half an hour, and then we'll carry on after the prayer, inshaAllah.